Hey guys, this is Malika Singhania, your host for the Stylogram podcast, the place where you hear all about the latest trends in the fashion industry. So recently, London and Milan Fashion Week took place, and I want to talk to you a little bit about that. At Milan Fashion Week, some of the key trends that I noticed was sporty is in. For example, Bottega Veneta showcased Bermuda shorts and tracksuits. Platforms were all over the ramps too. Now, platforms are shoes that are just like platforms, but they're chunky and of the same level on the ground. So basically, they're not low at the toes and high at the heel, and stand straight on the ground at one level. Fine feathers embellished across the chest, sleeves, necklines was the other big trend that was ruling the ramp, and I feel it's here to stay. London Fashion Week, on the other hand, had two big trends that I absolutely loved: single earrings, and I mean ginormous single earrings, which you wear only on one ear. Large sleeves are an offshoot of the off-shoulder trends. This trend is when you wear your sleeves so long that they actually cover your hands. Hmm. Let's see how this trend moves forward. Okay, now that we've discussed the trends, let's move on to the more interesting part. Our guest for today. Here we have Nisha Jambal. Most of you would recognize her from social parties on page three, but I know her very differently. Let's talk to her about the world of glitz, glamour, and a lot of courage. Hi, Nisha. So good to have you on Malika, today. Malika, hi. I'm so excited and and I'm so eager to know what you want to ask me about. Uh, me too. <laughs> so, Nisha, let's dive straight in. Can you tell us how you got into this world of glitz and gla- glamour and your journey till now? So, I actually have never thought of glitz and glamour as glitz and glamour. Uh, I I even stumbled into modeling when I was a teenager. Okay. I did the NIFT ad, which pretty much uh, encapsulates my entire not NIFT. I'm sorry, the NIT ad. Okay. Which encapsulates my entire life. It's me sitting uh, backwards on a chair mm-hmm. with this denimy look, and saying uh, to my father that I'm going to pay for my education. Oh wow! And while I may not have really paid paid for my education, but I've pretty much been very independent. Yeah. And I've carved my way. Okay. And if you were to ask me what really defines me, I'd say I've never piggybacked on a father, a husband, a boyfriend, a mother, or any lineage. It's, wow. It's been me and myself. Yeah. And the good and the bad, I've shouldered and taken and sort of. That's um, fantastic. I didn't yeah. know that actually. So I didn't know you were a model. So actually I was never a model. My father was absolutely appalled when he saw my picture on uh the cover page of Hindustan Times. It it was the biggest paper then. Yeah. Some 18 years ago. And um I was on the cover with the NIT ad. You know, computers were just yeah. becoming big and I was on this ad and I went on to study in Miami, Los Angeles, Tokyo, Brisbane um Paris all on my own it wow. it's just that it it, it was so a journey wait, that just took its own so life so you did this ad when you were like 16 or 17 yes, 18 maybe 17 and how did that 17. come to you so i actually was very keen i hated my nose Okay. So I wanted to do a nose job. Your nose is perfectly fine. I know, but I asked this photographer, and he said, "No, no, but you're perfect, and I want to actually shoot with you. Come on, I'll give you five hundred rupees." Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> the idea. <laughs> so it was so much fun, and then I went to do an ad from Rajasthan Tourism with the Mang Tika, and then I did Eagle Flask. Then I was never a model. Okay. But I've modeled all through my life. Oh really? Yeah, but I've never okay. been a model. I've never gone to a portfolio shoot. I've never distributed photographs. To this day, 
I still shoot, but I would never call myself a model because I'm such a hardcore interiors architect, a columnist. Right. Uh, you know, there's so much in my profession that modeling would be literally like riding a cycle on a cyclothon. Wow. It's, it's just a hobby. It's just a fun thing. Yeah. Uh, so when you went for your education, what did you study and what did you want to become at that point? It's ironic. I'm an artist. I'm a painter. I wanted to be like Hussein. Okay. But my father said, you know, you to be a painter, you have to first have a degree. Yeah. So I did English honors to give him that degree. Okay. And then he said, you must do something practical relating to fine art. So I did interiors architecture in LA. Okay. And I topped um, interiors architecture in LA. I was the best. I got the best student award for painting, drafting, and. Interiors. And this is when you were like 20, 21? Little less than that, yeah, okay. 20. I, I was a little ahead, you know, on my okay. education. And um, I wanted to go to Yale. I got a scholarship to do, uh, you know, to continue with interiors, architecture. But um, this man just arrived in my life and <laughs> proposed and I came to India, got engaged. When you were that young? When I was that young and then I ran away. Because I realized I don't want to marry a man who doesn't know Shakespeare. Oh my God. <laughs> this is absolutely true. <laughs> so I hated the thought that he didn't know Shakespeare. Okay. And I just said, I'm not going to grow old with a man who doesn't know Shakespeare. So I literally packed my bags, went to um, Paris, took up a job with uh, Galleries Lafayette. Okay. And studied how to draft and I studied pattern drafting in couture. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not a designer as much as I'm a cutting master. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So you know the technical aspect I, of I, it. I do. I did. Maybe I'm a little rusty, but I can figure it out. That's great. Yeah. And then how did you meet this man all over again? He came and wooed you again in Paris. No, no, no. I never met that man. I've never seen him oh, ever sorry, again. Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking yeah. about your husband. No, no, no. Oh, sorry. So then after Paris, then what happened? After Paris, I um, went to Brisbane. Okay. To work with... Um, with an Australian design firm called Kerry McGee. Okay. And I worked there for a bit and I studied CAT CAN, you know, design yeah. on computers. And from there I went to Tokyo to spend some time with my flatmate okay. who used to study with me in LA. Okay. And so I took up a job then architecture. So mm -hmm. my life has always been about interiors, fashion and writing. Right. And they're still part of my life. And I actually wanted to ask you about that. How do you think the three of them tie in together? Because they're very different fields and they're huge spaces by so themselves. So I have two answers for you. They're very, okay. they're very different kind of... My, my philosophy to life is a little different. So I believe, and when I go to colleges, you know, to motivate or to speak to students, I feel that life is about having a dream. It's not about pre-formatted roles. I don't believe that you go to, uh, you know... Um, through life because you have to perform a role. Yeah. So that was the first thing that motivated me to do exactly what I wanted. And the second thing that I want to tell you is that art is seamless. There are no walls. Yeah. So we create these walls. We yeah. have called it fashion and interiors. But actually it's all the same. It's fabric, design, lines, um, graphics. It's, it's an all expression of creativity. It's basically. very creative and writing is actually an extension to all that. Right. So I really don't believe that I've never lived my life understanding these walls. Yeah. I've seamlessly gone from each to the other. Yeah. I'm professionally trained to be an architect, an interiors architect, but I very often dabble in fashion. I've had my own line called Sex with My Ex, as you know. Okay. Nisha Jambal, yeah. Sex with My yeah. Ex. And um, writing, of course, has been second skin. I've written and I've written poetry as well since I was a child. Yeah. 
So, so where do we get to see your writing? Do you still write? I write uh, on very extensively. I write the on cover your, story. Okay. I write the cover story of um, um, on relationship management. Right. Of course, for, I've read uh, that. Uh, Asian Age. Yeah. And Deccan Chronicle. I write uh, for uh, the luxury section for Hindustan Times on right. design and luxury. I write for Times Life, Times of India. Okay. And I also write, uh, and that's a column I do often, but not every single week. But I write every single month for Good Homes by Times of India. Okay. I write a six to seven page uh, Q&A on people. That's a lot of writing, I yeah. must say. So and that's not all. I have my own blog, which has 40 lakh followers. Wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. Not so, to mention my Facebook updates, which go into reams and reams. That, that, that I follow quite uh, quite aggressively. So You've also been written about, so, uh, you know, you've had two books in your name, uh, which is Cast Off and Thereby Hangs a Tale, right. uh, which is by Jeffrey Archer. And I think very few people know about that. And that's... Brilliant, according to me. Yes, it's it's. Uh, so somebody just asked me, is it? Uh, I mean, like, are you flattered? And I have to say, I'm not flattered because um, I think life has been very different for me in a good way and a bad way. Having said so, am I? Uh, you know, am I delighted by the thought? I'm totally delighted because Jeffrey Archer is the most enigmatic, witty, exciting author in the world. I mean, and I'm not saying this as a literary genius only. No, I'm, I'm saying this as a human being. I, I mean, think he's he an also orator. has a great commercial appeal, and he also know? is an orator par excellence. Right. He's a friend par excellence. He's a beautiful human being. Yeah. So I absolutely adore him, and I and and the other reason I'm totally you know in love with the story is because uh, he chose a name for me and I hated it, and then he said, "Give me a name for this character in in the book," and I gave him a few names, and he said, "I hate them, so why can't we just call you Nisha Jambal?" And I said, "Yes, why not?" And so That's... the name in the book is Nisha Jambal. So it's the only book, yeah, with the real name. Okay. Two books, right? Yes. Uh, no, actually, the story is called Cast Off in ha- Thereby Hangs a Tale. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, um, so when you say two stories, yes, he is planning to take it further. That's fantastic. So, so, so what you're saying is actually serendipitous. Nice. And now I think you pretty much divide your time with, you know, as a luxury brand consultant. This is true. This is a new aspect to my life, which took off from the modeling uh, days. So okay. I was doing this shoot and one of the companies, the the CEO said, you know, you're so opinionated. Why don't you come on board? You also have great taste to combine with the opinions. Thank you. <laughs> so he says that you come on board and why don't you, uh, you know, help us um, strategize and, you know, you're so, um, you know, well connected with people. Why don't you, you know, like help us connect to the correct um, target Audience. audiences? Yeah. And I said, yes, why not? It's a new adventure. And like I said, I don't live by pre-formatted roles. Yeah. So now I have a full-fledged luxury vertical in my company. Yeah. And we do um, promotions, events, strategy, uh, you know, uh, um, core groups, panel discussions for companies. Wow! So, okay. tell us exactly what you do. So, you you basically, if a brand comes to you, yes. you design like a whole PR activity around it, and more than PR, a sort of strategy for for placement and awareness in society. Okay. So we engage 
PR yeah. to, to interact with the media. Yeah. But I'm also known as an influencer because I have a huge social media following. Yeah. So that intertwines into my role as a luxury consultant. Yeah. I also think one of your biggest forties is that, you know, I mean, I've always said you're such a lovely person, but you're also a people's person. And this I think that true. completely comes through and ties in with what you're doing. And, you know, I speak to so many guests on this show and to people from the industry. And I feel like especially in this era that we're in the stuff that we're all doing is not stuff that's taught it's stuff that should come naturally to exactly. you and I feel like this is something that really is sketched out for you and comes naturally to you absolutely because you know the real heroes in luxury and in branding like Pralat Kakkar they don't even have a degree in it yeah so I have a degree in uh, English honors I'm a topper as well as in uh, interiors architecture but I happen to be doing this uh, you know most happily and successfully yeah. so much so that it eats into most of my time besides writing yeah and so architecture has nearly taken a second um, you know role, role in my career right tell us a little bit about the Indian luxury market I mean I feel like the market is very small but I think the people who are in it are, know a lot about luxury but it's a shrinking market what do you think about it I think that uh, it's a growing market, not a shrinking market, okay. but it's a very small nascent market. People yeah. don't understand luxury as yet. And for them, it's more about ostentation and that one upmanship. Yeah. So it's not about that feeling of wearing this beautiful lingerie. It's the feeling of uh, displaying a brand on your chest and writing, you know, having the monogram of uh, right. Louis Vuitton stamped all over you in desperation to show the Joneses. Yeah. Which is something I completely disagree with, but I also empathize with the newness of it all. And I empathize with this desire for the nouveau riche to display what they've amassed. Yeah. Which is also what I was going to say that I think most of the luxury market in India is more about showing off and wearing the brands yes. rather than understanding the philosophy behind it. So it's really sad though that, you know, instead of working on the intellect and the mind, people feel that, you know, you wear a brand to add value to your personality that's not what a brand does yeah a brand is about an experience yeah about enjoying a certain feel a look and that trust that yeah. you're carrying a bag which is never going to give way yeah you're wearing a pair of shoes that's never going to let you down right and you're going to wear lingerie that's going to just you have to actually throw it out because it never gives way it's going to last and last and and it's not only the lasting power or the dependability but the feel and the look and the absolute buoyancy that a beautiful brand gives you yeah and it's about you yourself and the brand it's not about ostentation and you know plastering it on your chest yeah but what would you say Nisha because most of our listeners are the masses right and what would you tell them you know when they say like a Marks and Spencer would also have shirts that last you for five years and you have some really good quality mass market brands as well so how would you differentiate between like a luxury brand and like a theory like that so so I want to first say that I'm not actually going to be snobbish about luxury and non-luxury I deal with brands across the board right and I agree with the fact that good brands, whether yeah. they're luxury or not, yeah. do afford luxury. Yeah. They do afford that sense of comfort. Yeah. So when you go to Marks and Sparks, you know that you're going for comfort. Yeah. And it is about dependability. And yes, you're right. It lasts and lasts and lasts. Yeah. So yes, if I wanted something, you know, um, quickly and I wanted something, uh, you know, for every day, I wouldn't uh, look down upon going to any of these high street brands either. Yeah. I, I, and about the masses, I don't think there's any such thing 
anymore you know the yeah. the the lines like the lines between art yeah. are so blended so are the lines between brands now yeah. there are high end luxury and there are high street but you do have people you know uh, affording that one ferragamo yeah. and buying the rest maybe from there's definitely a big wave a of aspiration now exactly. which wasn't there earlier exactly. which is great because i think they aspire so it's a beautiful thing about you know rewarding yourself with that one or two luxury pieces for the masses and also for going for the dependable brands right so there there's absolutely no you know in my mind any such I thing i think you should have a mix of both exactly. in the closet you can't exactly. have one or the other absolutely only. absolutely yeah. why mango is such a lovely you know basics by zara and mango yeah. for work. I think I nine vest nine vest shoes are fantastic. Fabulous. All those shoes are fantastic. Fabulous. Sometimes even better than and Gucci. And you know I have a huge penchant for hats. And yeah. nine vest actually has some very interesting even uh, accessorize has some really Lovely. good stuff. So you know life is about making your own rules. Yeah. Not uh, doing things to please the Joneses. Yeah. And about living life by your own trends and your own comfort zones. Yeah. There may be a, a year you're gravitating to pink, mm-hmm. and there may be a year that you want to wear gingham. So you can't be dictated to by trends and traditions. Yeah, yeah. And where do you think India fits in in the global scheme of things in terms of luxury because I personally feel that apart from very few designers I don't think all designers understand luxury. They put great uh, price tags on their products, but the quality is not great. Things stay very easily. And I feel like India is still not up there. I mean, we still charge the pricing, but only a few like Sabisachi and Manish and Rohitpal actually understand the technicality that goes behind a garment. What do you think about that? I have to agree that it's 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 a growing process and I have to agree that India lags way behind. internationally in terms of luxury and creating luxury but i'm seeing a future where indian brands would actually be aspirational overseas okay. then their brands being uh, aspirational to us it is a growing process because we have been a subjugated nation for so many years so we've just about we are we are a young nation in terms of independence and and finding our feet yeah. and we've also had uh, if i may be politically incorrect we've had a very bad government that has not given us buoyancy yeah. so i'm really uh, keen to see this present uh, regime uh, giving us that make in india made in india feel i mean i think it's a beautiful uh, branding exercise yeah, by this government it's going back to what gandhi tried to do right exactly and it's also giving us that opportunity and that self confidence So when you know when you talk about luxury I want to say something very interesting to you uh, I don't know if you know but I'm a, I I work with uh, I, on an NGO with uh, Yeah I wanted to talk to you about yeah. that actually So in craft we have the greatest most beautiful luxury coming from craftsmen in villages Yeah so tell us what you do with that So I work with villagers and with craftsmen to uh, obliterate the middleman and allow them to go directly to the consumer Yeah. So I I want them to be away from exploitative middlemen and dukandars and to be reaching out to people like you and me who would appreciate say a painting from uh, you know the, the Mithila um a school of a painting or from kantha because that's really where the talent lies right yeah that's really where the talent lies and when you talk about designers i want to cross reference right now and say i wish that the designers you even mentioned would i mean for for instance good da rohit bal does do it but not the others that i know of uh, you know rohit is a dear friend and 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 a lot of our designers are actually giving impetus to these weavers Yeah. So that these weaves don't die. Yeah. So these crafts of Akantha of Mithila craft don't die. Kalamkari, which is the world's best, I think, form of uh, printing. 
Yeah. And so exotic and so beautiful. Yeah. So I genuinely believe that that is luxury. Yeah. So luxury can't be defined by just the money and like you said, like the price ticket, you yeah. know? Yeah. You know, Nisha, I feel like, you know, your life is so varied in that sense because I feel like you have, you're obviously doing excessively well in terms of business, but then you're, ha- you're a part of so many charity organizations and you're a part of the glitz and glamour world. And a lot of, I think there's a lot of, um, talk about the glitz and glamour world people are not people from the outside don't know what it's like I think a lot of it is what we've seen from the movie page 3 which I don't think was a great uh, it didn't throw great light on it so tell us what it's like a little bit like the page 3 world do you think it helps you in your so, work uh, so so if you were to ask me I, I would not be <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel very sad that my name is linked with page three. But I think it's great because I, I was uh, your I was conned. I mean, Madhur Bandarkar called me to lunch, and suddenly I found cameras, and I thought, you know. I had a, I had a, I had a ZTV camera doing an interview. So I thought this is matter of course. You know, they're just doing an interview with me. I didn't realize he was live shooting a film. Oh my and god! And the next thing I go to his trial. And I actually see myself without any makeup looking like so drab on, on, on in a movie. And I saw a midday, you know, carrying a full page picture saying Nisha Jamal stars in page three. Now the tag has never left me. Yeah. I'm a hardcore professional. Yeah. But yes, I, I have to agree that the glitz and glamour world follows me around. Uh, the, the, and, and it's only been augmented with, um, you know, the, the world of luxury that I work with. What is page three? What is the world of glitz and glamour? It's actually quintessentially the world of, you know, letting one's hair down after very, uh, like I just mentioned earlier when we met, Bombay uh, especially is, is and all, all big towns are, you know, exemplify transactional agenda based relationships. So the glitz and glamour world is probably a way of letting your hair down, going out and, you know, having some unadulterated fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's being with people who don't judge you, people yeah. who see you for who you are, and people who don't, you know, want to make value judgments on whether you're having a single malt or whether you're having a glass of champagne, whether you're dressed up really well. You know, we do live in a country which needs to grow up and grow better. And we are all, I mean, a lot of people that I move around with work in NGOs and do their bit for the country. But that doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that you can't let your hair down occasionally. Uh, You know, on Facebook recently, (coughs) one of my quote unquote fans said to me that uh, you, uh, you know, your life is so perfect. But then you don't post pictures of the real world. I mean, we, we all have the ups and the downs, the troughs and the triumphs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on that note, Nisha, I think we're going to take our first break. We'll be right back with something really fun. Hey guys, we're back with Nisha Jamwal and now we're going to discuss some really relevant events that took place recently. So Nisha, I'm sure you know about the Gigi Hadid incident where uh, she was grabbed on the street by a stranger and then she defended herself. What would you like to say about that? So there are two aspects to the Gigi um, Hadid Hadid episode. Uh, One is that... um, Definitely she should have defended herself. A woman should defend herself. And a woman should learn to defend herself, even in India. Yeah. I feel uh, things would be easier if women were a little uh, stronger and able to carry things like um, mace and, you know, um, pepper sprays and look after themselves. So that's not an issue. But on uh, on another front... I also feel working in the world of fashion and and glamour, 
uh, I don't think we are a cut above to the rest of the world. Yeah. And I feel that a lot of the glamour quotient people have that, uh, you know, superior attitude to the to the rest of the world. And this guy obviously was revolting against that. Yeah. That sense. He of, was. Yes. He went on record to say that he was revolting against exactly. the modeling industry. So there is this angst against this superior, you know, attitude that women, especially women in the world of glamour have, even when they're checking in or in, you know, into an airport or when they're eating in a restaurant. So I think you pull rank when you've earned it in terms of, you know, in terms of working hard and creating a property that matters. Uh, and that also with a degree of humility. I mean, if yeah. you look at the big, uh, the big industrialists, they have a lot of humility. You look yeah. at Ratan Tata, you look at uh, uh, Anand Mahindra, you look at a lot of, you know, politicians who, who are serious. Good. They, they, they are, yeah, uh, they I have mean, humility. So, so, you know, when I was, uh, when I, when I, you know, d- uh, did my label Nisha Jambal, I also found some of the models, uh, you know, some were very difficult to handle, you know, and, and I, I, considering I'm also from that world. Yeah. And some were really beautiful. Like, you you know, you work with the Shilpa Shetty. She's absolutely uh, not only one of my closest friends, but she's also one of the easiest people to work with. No flim flam, no Sushmita Sen, the most beautiful, lovely person to walk your showstopper because there's absolutely no drama Attitude. and no rubbish about her. She's okay. just so straight, upfront and beautiful. Yeah. Again, a very dear friend. So the revolt comes from that sense of angst that builds up over time yeah. among people that don't have access to the world of glamour. Yeah. And this was probably a reaction to that. It was. So, so if you ask me about the self-defense, I'm 100% for it. Yeah. But if you ask me about people who have attitude and think they're a superior race, I have something to say to that and I disagree with that. I think okay. we, you know, we are all the same and we have to begin to realize that. Right. Yeah. And you know, her sister also had an eventful uh, um, week, uh, Bella Hadid in um, the Fashion Week in Michael Kors show fell Absolutely. on her falls. And uh, it was quite humiliating, but I think she dealt with it quite gracefully. And Malika, don't you think it was fabulous that she fell on her falls and she, it shows the humane side to modeling. Yeah. It also shows you that, you know, you can be adroit, you can make, you know, they can Things can happen. They yeah. happen to me as well. Yeah. But the beauty is when you can laugh at yourself, yeah. not take yourself seriously and make it an inclusive event where the entire audience begins to feel, you know, empathetic and nearly like a reality show part of your life. Right. So you yeah. use it to your advantage yeah. rather than alienate yourself with it. Right. I actually went to Bella's uh, uh, Instagram account and it was so cool. I thought that she actually put up a video of her fall. And I thought that was, you know, she's just owned it. So th- there you go. I mean, that's that's so beautiful, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. I, I agree with that because I wear my heart on my chest and I absolutely share, you know, I, I have 40 lakh followers and I, I feel that they are there because I'm able to show that, yes, we are human and we have lots of issues also. Yeah, I think it's so important and it's a responsibility of the of the glamour industry to do that, to kind of show the real side of it, especially to the younger generation, because you can just get so There's swayed a by the sword, glamour. Especially in personal relationships. Yeah. You know, you go out there and people think they're dealing with this absolute diva. And then, you know, when you're interacting, they yeah. see a flesh and blood size side to you and it's nearly like, oh, but she's so normal. Yeah. So it nearly pulls out the scales and, you know, it's nearly like a double-edged sword. So in personal relationships, it can sometimes be uh, nearly something 
not so cool right because when you show your chinks in your armor you're no longer that image that yeah. perfect image with glamorous hair and face on a, in a picture yeah. you know yeah. or in a movie or in a tv show right but uh, that's part of life yeah and um, have you had any fashion faux pas of your own that you'd like many, to share many many so fashion faux one. pas many fashion faux pas but the, the most recent last week was when my um will power uh, my my off shoulder dress slipped you know from the front but luckily what i was wearing underneath was lacy and beautiful <laughs> and it was printed it and was a treat for the off. eyes <laughs> <laughs> so thankfully madonna made you know inner wear fashionable yeah. so the black lace and new thing underneath was fine it looked okay but I, even i when i saw it i didn't realize you know and i hadn't even known that it had happened would you believe it wow when i saw it on snapchat and on other you know social media i was like oh my god what was i thinking but it's part of life i laughed it off and very much like bella i think you know you begin to own things that you do as part of your life and part of something beautiful that yeah. happened to you totally but for a fashion for for pass for our people I just want to share something important. Uh, genetically, Indians are, you know, wear sarees, shalwars. Dresses are just a thing of the recent last ten years. So one thing which I feel is very important that women must, must, must learn is how to sit with a dress. You don't yeah. want to see the triangle. Yeah. You know. And the second is the, you know, the inner wear lines. Yeah. And especially when you're wearing a low back, you don't want your straps to show. So these things for me are very important to look out for. Right. And the fourth thing, the little tip that I want to give, you know, is that you have to wear your size. Yeah. You can't aspirationally be wearing two sizes smaller. Yeah. So that's a very important thing, you know, the fashion forecast. You, you know, I think uh, ironically, people look slimmer when they wear their size, which could be a size bigger. You'd exactly. actually look bigger if you're trying to fit into a smaller size. And you know those 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 tummy folds that fall out of the jeans, layers are really not worth sad. it. Yeah. You know, where you ha- if you have to change your jean size, you have to change your jean size. End yeah. of story. I think there's more to love. and there's more to uh, you know like for a man yeah i think it's all about owning it like yes, and it's all you know a media exercise that you have to be size 0 i completely disagree with it yeah. i think you feel beautiful you feel confident you work with whatever you have right right and totally that really agree. doesn't mean you don't work out no, but it but does mean that you like yourself you have to be the best are. version of yeah. yourself and exactly. if that's so the size that you have to be as put it so beautifully <laughs> <laughs> so uh, talking about tips give us uh, three things that uh, you, you know any girl should have to live the luxurious life something that's not very extravagant in her wardrobe okay so i personally believe that inner wear things okay. that you can't see but make you feel on top of the world must be absolutely drop dead gorgeous okay um i feel that uh, you know shoes allow you not to be tired is there a particular color that someone should have I think nude is the best. I go with nude always because it's so safe, it's so beautiful, it's so not in the face. Matches with everything. Matches with everything and there's something very chic, subtle and feminine about nude shoes. Right. I love my nude range. Yeah. And um I think if I had to travel and take one pair of shoes it would be nude because it would go with everything you can everything. wear in the day and at yeah. night. And then of course I totally uh, believe in, you know, um a great black dress which goes with just about any jewelry and looks good any place and it's it's you know it's it's been there done that agree but it's something that never fails so you. is this a long dress or a short dress that we're talking about 
I'd go with the short, but a long works also. But uh, you know, a, a a little black dress is a fashion classic, uh, you know, which Chanel propounded years ago. And I still feel that you know, when you're feeling your worst, you look your best, and nothing like a black dress to make you, yeah. you know, you spruce it up with a nice dramatic neck piece or a fabulous belt. Yeah, and, and I think you can do different ready, hairstyles yeah. with it. You can do different makeup with it to make it look different. And my favorite fashion accessory, as you know, is hats. Yeah. So I collect them from all over the How world. How many do you have? I have hundreds of them. I've actually got a room full of them. Really? Yeah. Oh <laughs> my god, that's luxury to have a room of hats. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So it's it's a room of other stuff. I mean, like shoes, clothes, etc. But the hats are like the senosha of my. Which uh, is your favorite hat? Describe it. To I us. don't have a favorite because you know there are hats for, uh, you know, for morning hats, afternoon racing, big broad hats. But yes, I I love the luxuriant big organza hats with flowers and ostrich feathers. Yeah, I love those. Those are my okay. favorite types. Nice. Well, on that note, let's take our second break, and we'll be right back with the rapid fire round. And we're back with Nisha Jamwal, and she's all set for the rapid fire round. Nisha, you ready? I'm trying to be ready. Okay, <laughs> let's start. What is luxury to you? Comfort, first of all. Okay. Your favorite international brand? Ferragamo. Your prized possession in your closet? My hat, my fuchsia feathered hat. Okay. What should every bride invest in? Good lingerie. Diamonds or jadao? Jadao any day. Your best place for budget shopping? The what are they called? Outlets. Okay. Style is self-assurance and self-confidence. When did you realize that you were famous? When somebody said to me on the street, "You look like. Do you know you look like Nisha Jamwal?" Really? I oh, promise wow. you. <laughs> if you had I thought a, that was the greatest compliment I've ever have received. <laughs> if you had a themed party, what would it be? Something to do with hats, I'm sure. The Mad yeah, Hatter. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Alice in Wonderland yeah. yeah never thought about it but yes yeah most luxury actually you know I'm a very Shakespeare person so it would probably be something like Midsummer's Night's Dream oh, lovely. or Merchant of Venice oh. I'm a very Shakespeare person yeah. I love Shakespeare really yeah. okay most luxurious event you've been to I'd say um one of the Chanel do's in Paris Okay. They, they really understand luxury. It's is this the a fashion show? The food. It was a sort of an evening with Chanel, and Lovely. it was just the food, the ambiance, the gowns, the red carpet, the entire. You know, I I really felt I'm in some other world. Wow, yeah. dripping in luxury. Yes, and in absolute joie de vie. You see, when it's only luxury and uptight and format, it's not beautiful. Yeah. When it's inclusive and fun and exuberant. Yeah. Then it becomes luxury, right? What is the one thing you aspire to buy? I'm not sure you'll have an aspiration. No, no, definitely. I want to buy an absolute top of the line, brilliant sports car. I'm a. I've done race car driving. Okay. So I love sports cars and I love good cars and I love fast cars. Okay. Secret to success? To dream and to follow that dream with a lot of hard work and the ability to fail and buoyantly rise. I failed and I've risen and I've. held myself together right what is the one thing no one knows about you that i'm uh, absolutely completely human and and uh, able to make many many mistakes and 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 i have a heart that is sensitive no one knows that okay most iconic superstar for me it would be hugh grant i just love him okay most well dressed in bollywood i think sushmita 
One thing you hate about the fashion industry? The arrogance. A must-have beauty product? Would I be correct in saying Dio? Because I, I, I yes. see a huge problem in that in India. One trend that needs to leave right now? The OTT-ness of the Indian wedding dress sense. Okay. And lastly, what makes you smile? Romance. Oh, lovely. Great. Well, Nisha, we're done with the rapid fire and you did amazingly. We're just going to answer a couple of questions from the internet that we got. Uh, they wanted your advice. So the first one is your advice to a budding fashionista. My advice to a budding uh, a fashionista, you, you know, somebody who's aspiring to be a, a name yeah. to be reckoned yeah. with. Okay, so I have never thought about somebody as a fashionista. I think it's the most normal, natural thing in the world for somebody who is exactly what she believes in. Right. So my advice to anyone who wants to be a known name in the world of fashion in terms of just the way she dresses and carries herself also is to go with intrinsically what she's comfortable with to buy fewer things yeah. which have gravitas to her than yeah. to buy a plethora yeah. of odds and ends and rubbish to have one fabulous pair of sunglasses one fabulous pair of shoes one work bag and one party clutch than to have a hundred of everything right uh, to conduct herself with a lot of grace even if she's had a few drinks yeah not to be you know you know you regret things that you've done when you've done them licentiously dignity is is grace is fashion yeah and believe it or not it's more important than you know whether you're wearing Jimmy Choo or whether you're wearing Chanel yeah, I totally agree and the most important in my view is that degree of warmth love and humility that makes you into an icon rather than a brashness and a harshness that alienates you yeah and lastly, how do you deal with criticism or haters? For me, I've had a lot of, um, you know, social media trolls also and people who've attacked me. I deal with them very compassionately. I don't ever get angry. So if somebody is going to be, you know, uh, sexually explicit, I block them. Okay. But if there are critics, I actually first go into the situation and deal with it by having a conversation so the other day somebody on social media praised me a man and as usual a woman came along and said haha she's had so much botox now the irony is i've never had botox you know so i actually uh, i mean i said to her this is you know i there could be liable in this case because i have proof number one number two where is this anger coming from have i ever done something to offend you so I actually deal with a person one-on-one -on -one like a human being yeah, that's and so true. And it, it's actually helped me. I'm not sitting in an ivory tower, though I am in my own world, this beautiful dream, you know, state where I write in and where I create in. But it's not a world where I'm, you know, thinking I'm above and beyond those people that are reaching out. Yeah. Whether it's a good reaching out or a bad reaching out. And right. believe it or not, she did backtrack and apologize. Wow. Yeah. That's and I've had a lot of such situations where these same people have become diehard followers, fans, and actually, you know, like retweeted, shared everything I've done. I'm sure if you deal with them like that, I'm sure yeah. compassion so, is, is the one thing I think that and also everyone you know, needs. Understanding what is it that makes, you know, like that man who uh, assaulted yeah. Uh, Gigi. Yeah, Gigi Hadid. Uh, it's coming from a sense of anger and, and, and 
you know something within them that is not sitting right with you yeah so you go to the root of it deal with it and you actually have people who would then do anything for you yeah so my advice to anyone who has haters is don't don't you know hit out and attack in fact be inclusive and understand yeah Well thank you so much for all of that you know honestly Nisha I think our listeners more than learning about style and fashion they've learned about relationships they've learned about how to live and laugh because I think you're such a wonderful person <laughs> and you. I can say that at a personal <laughs> level and on the show thank you so much for always supporting me for being there for me always. and just being lovely I love you <laughs> thank you me too feelings mutual and hopefully see you soon Thank you so much for tuning in. Stay tuned for the next episode. In the meanwhile, you can get in touch with us on Facebook at Stylogram Official and on Instagram at Stylogram underscore Official. Don't forget to download our episode on iTunes and SoundCloud, and you can also subscribe to our episodes there. Catch you soon.